Hey there, and welcome to our East Coast Church podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church and who we are, head to our website, eastcoast.org.au. From wherever you are listening right now, we hope that the content in this podcast blesses you. Well, welcome back. Um, This is our third and final week, sadly, of our incredible special edition of East Coast Podcast with Mm -hmm. Kerry and Adrian Lumby. Lumbu. I nearly said I nearly said it wrong. It's been ten years mispronouncing your name. I can't get it right. Um, if you're tuning in and you didn't listen to the first two, we strongly encourage you to yeah. jump back because it's going to give you context. They'll refer to things that you just need to know mm. um, from the weeks before. But today's um, what we're going to talk about, which is really close to my heart, and, mm. and Felix and I having three children, um, their ages are four, six, and eight. Yeah. Um, and we've just embarked on this strange new world mm. of homeschooling, yeah. working from yep. home. Yeah. And then there's that added stress of, of the virus. So yeah. we're, if we do have to venture out, I'm worried about my kids touching a pole and touching their face, like Mm. things that you just never worried about before. We've spoken about extra conflict and stress, you know, especially amongst the parents. Yeah. Um, And something that we're carrying and aware of as parents, Mm. and I would say lots of people out there listening are too, is how is this going to emotionally affect my Mm. children this Mm. season in life if I'm feeling strung out? You know, how how is our behaviour... And our lack of success sometimes in our mm. conflict in front of our kids. Mm. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. Yep. It's a really pertinent question. And I think um, probably I think there's two parts to the question. I might frame that up before we jump into answering it. It's one is like when we have conflict mm. as a couple mm. and our children have seen that, what's going to be the impact on them and what do we do about that? And that's, um, I think, a very real, real problem for a lot of people. And it's interesting when people come in for couples therapy, it's actually one of the things that a lot of people actually raise as an issue. They say, look, we don't get along. We've hadn't gotten along for years or whatever the case may be. Um, but what we're here because it's affecting our kids. Mm. And so it, I think that's a really important thing to talk about and we'll give you some ideas about what we can do in those circumstances. But I think the other thing that you hit on there, Lou, was about, um, well, this season that we're in, we're all experiencing this heightened anxiety and mm. worry. Our kids are experiencing that as well. And so what can we do maybe to support them in their emotional experience of everything that's going on. So they might be the two things that we sort of, that I took away that might be great to chat about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what should we do? Should we jump into the conflict one? We'll jump into yeah. the conflict one first. It flows really well from the last two podcasts yeah. that we've done. So I think that we need to uh, validate the fact that parents are worried about their mm. kids when their kids have been exposed to their marital conflict. Mm. Uh, validate but not make you feel guilty. So mm. validate insofar as you should be worried. Kids are affected, mm. uh, kids at all levels. So whether you've got uh, little newborns all the way up through to adult, young adults living at home, kids are affected by conflict. Uh, that said, I don't want to make people feel guilty because conflict is, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, a very normal, natural part of every relationship. And again, the same message that we've sent before, it's not the fact that conflict exists, it's how we do conflict. Mm. And what we hit on last week was about the importance of repairing um, into interactions after conflict Mm. and so for your children 
um, got a bit of information about uh, the different ages of your children mm. and and how what they might be picking up on, and that's important for you to know, and ways in which you can actually help repair things for your children mm-hmm. if they've been exposed to that. Uh, so the first little bit of research is that children from the age of three months, they can actually start to sense tone. Which so, is amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. Mm. So they sense the tone, which means they're going to feel what's going on in the home environment. They won't understand the words, but they will sense the tone. And that creates a sense of uh, instability for them. Even though they won't remember those first three months of their life, mm. their bodies, their little bodies and um, their flight or fight system, mm. it remembers these things and it remembers that sense of insecurity. Uh, when they get to around about 12 months, of age they begin to understand words and tone so they're really aware of what you're saying and how you're saying it they might not have the vocabulary i i be able to spit the same words out that you can but they can generally understand the context of what you're saying Uh, so the rule of thumb with children is under the age of three years of age you want to go out of your way to avoid having conflict in front of your children Um, now a lot of you at home might be thinking damn it (laughs) fail Uh, (laughs) And look, don't be alarmed because we can definitely make children feel secure even if they've been exposed to conflict. But the general rule of thumb is just try really, really hard to avoid conflict uh, with children under the age of three years of age. Um, When they get to above the age of four, um, what we know is that we can have minor disagreements in front of the children. Um, We can experience like minor irritation, but what we need to be demonstrating to the children at this stage is that we can have this little you know, a bit of conflict, um, but we can talk about it in, effect, in an effective way, mm. not using the four horsemen like we learned in last week. Um, and we can show resolution and we can show that we as a couple, as your parents, we're at peace with one another mm. and we're still united. So children above the age of four, you can demonstrate a little bit of conflict in front of them. And it actually serves a helpful purpose. It actually mm. teaches them that, look, as people, we can have disagreements and we can be okay. So that's... Can I just, uh, sorry, can I yeah. interject there as well, just on that, that point, that it is important to show um, children that conflict exists yeah. um, at the appropriate age, of course, as per what Kerry said. Um, but repairing is yeah. very important, uh, so repairing in front of them. Mm. But it also what it also teaches children is that they don't have to be perfect. Yes. You know? And if we bring up uh, children in a very sterile mm. environment where we never show them any disagreement, we never show them how yeah. to actually repair uh, the relationship, um, then they grow up thinking, well... I've, I'm having these feelings. As they're growing up, I'm having these feelings where I don't agree with the other person. But mum and dad never never disagreed, so there's something wrong with me. So what it does, it creates a lot of anxiety and perfectionism for them to reach this, this perfectionist standard that, that they'll never reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what Kerry's saying is very important, that we need to show uh, them at the appropriate age conflict, but we've got to show them how we actually repair that damage that's yeah. been caused, uh, and we do that in certain ways, um, uh, at certain ages, in yeah. different ways. Yeah, and that's a really good point that you raise, Adrian, because I think when people do come in for couples therapy, and I'll get back to the the kids and the ages in a second, but it's important to note that when people come in for couples therapy, they often come in with one of two things. I saw all of this conflict and this Mm. is why me and my partner are having problems or I saw absolutely no conflict Mm. whatsoever. My parents were angels. I was an angel. I just sit there going, nah. 
you weren't, mm. they weren't. Mm. <laughs> um, and mm. they're the conflict avoidant type. Mm. Like they've yeah. actually yeah. learned that, that the feelings that I have as a person, they're not valid. There's no space for them. I can't share them with anybody else. So um, those people really struggle in marriage as well as the people who are exposed to a lot of conflict. Mm. So it's a really great point that you raise there. I think the other thing is then in terms of the age when we um, are dealing with children under the age of eight years of age, they do not understand any resolution to conflict between their parents unless there is a physical um, repair. Mm. Yeah? So we, they might see you in conflict and we understand that that can happen. What they need to see is they need to hear that you have repaired the conflict. So we need to actually say to them, you know, I'm just letting you know that mummy and daddy had an argument before and we got cranky with each other, we yelled at each other and I didn't feel good when I was yelling at mummy and I know mummy didn't feel good when she was yelling at me. Mm. We have talked about it since and now we understand each other and we've agreed to compromise and our compromise might be this if it's appropriate mm. to share that with your child. They need that but they actually need you to embrace. They need some sort of physical mm. connection between the two of you. Now, you might not be ready to just do the full bear hug at this point with mm. one another, but they do need to see something which is like a gentle kiss on the cheek mm. or holding hands or some sort of physical contact because that's what yep. gives them that sense of security in the world. Um, because remember, they're always looking up at you going is everything okay? That's mm. their worldview. And if they look up and they see mummy and daddy are fighting, they don't like each other, they're cranky with each other, their little brains are going to go, they're going to get divorced. Mm. I know about a kid at school whose mummy and daddy don't live together. And that's what they're doing. They, we know the research tells us they think that they're going to get divorced, which means their whole sense of security, the only thing that they know that is safe, is now potentially at risk of just mm. falling apart. The other thing that we know that children do is they think that it's their fault. Mm. And that's really sad. But they look up and they think, well, maybe it's because I did X, Y and Z. Mm. You know, like I didn't tidy up my toys when Daddy told me to. Or Mummy um, was cranky with me earlier today, so now that's why she's fighting with Daddy. Like they try to make sense of this in their own world yeah. and we've got to give them information mm. so they don't create a narrative in their yeah. mind about self-blame, yeah? So they need to see, hear some words and see some physical contact between the two of you. And then also what they actually need is they need physical contact from you like mm. that's very soothing for them at that point mm. um, and I think the other thing that's important to reflect on is children will also want to ask questions mm. They really they want to understand what's going on, and we have to be super sensitive about mm. what we tell them. Obviously, you don't speak disparagingly about one another to the children. Uh, you always hold your partner in high esteem in front of the children, um, but they will need to ask a few questions just to fill in the gaps in their mind, mm. and we need to sensitively be able to answer those questions for them and ask them about how they're feeling. So we need to ask them if they're okay, what they might be feeling. What might that look like for a child, mm. do you think, a young child for the mm. morning to ask about, you know, like if we ask them about their feelings, what mm. might be something that they might say? Mm. So I think that uh, a lot of younger children will actually, as you say, think it's their fault and mm. what did I do? Um, but they might also want to know, you know, uh, are you okay, mum? Are you okay, dad? Yeah, you know, that's um, a good point. What yeah. is, you know, uh, what does this mean type of thing, you know, yeah. and they'll be asking it in their language. And so I guess that uh, what we need to be doing as parents is to be able to address that mm. at their level, at their emotional level, um, yeah. and really get down with them, ask them 
them and validate or ask them how they're feeling as well. Um, and when they um, um, coach them through, uh, you know, uh, identifying certain feelings and validate those feelings. Say, mm-hmm. you know, were you, were you scared? Is that to coach them through it? Were you scared when you saw mummy and daddy arguing? And if they say yes, then validate that and, and empathise. Yeah, that would have been really horrible for you to see, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that makes total sense that you would feel that way. Uh, and it's okay that you felt that way, you yeah. know, to validate that it's actually okay so they don't feel like uh, there's something wrong with them yeah. for actually feeling those yeah. Um, yeah, emotions. Yeah, I think that's really important. Mm. It is, it's being able to, because as adults, if you really sit down and think about it, it's actually what you want. You want your Mm. partner to be able to say, you know what, I hear what you're saying, I hear what you're feeling, that makes sense to me that you would feel that way. Um, And a lot of people fear validating our partner or our children because we think, well, if I validate their feelings of fear, those feelings are going to intensify and get worse. But the complete opposite is actually true. Mm. And I can't stress that enough. Mm. If your child says to you, I'm scared, you actually need to say, talk to me about that feeling of Mm. fear. What are you worried about? I'm scared you and daddy are going to get a divorce. Okay, why do you think that might happen? Oh, well, you know, uh, little Evie, like her her mummy and daddy, they don't live together anymore. And you go, oh, really? And then you hear about what their world is telling them (coughs) that's scary. And, you know, Evie comes to school and she's really upset because her mummy and daddy don't live together. And so for her, it's very, very real Mm. that you could get a divorce. And she doesn't understand anything other than that. And so you need to be able to say, you know what, that actually makes so much sense to me. It makes so much sense that you would be feeling worried. But... I want to assure you, and Daddy can assure you, we're not getting a divorce. And Mm. that's the key thing that children need in terms of a repair after their witness conflict. They need reassurance from you that you guys are solid, that you're a team, Mm. that you can work things out, and that their little world is safe. And I think it's like when we even are having a discussion, like not yelling, one of our (laughs) children come up and stand in the middle of us and say, you're fighting. (laughs) I know you're fighting. We're like, we're not fighting. We're just having a healthy discussion. It's not a fight. He's like, I know you're fighting. Um, But I guess one part of that, which we've not done, is you probably repair even, and especially say if it's a flooding situation, which we spoke about in the other podcast so you've gone away and the repair's not been in front of the kids yeah for whatever reason and so I think it's good to know to either go back or in that moment if you're not ready to repair but you know the kids need to see you repairing is consciously having a hug or doing something yeah doing something that just makes everyone feel like we're okay yeah we're yep. just going to give each other some space, Absolutely. but it's not a big deal. Yes, right. yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just that security. Children mm. need mm. to feel safe. And for them, safety is mum and dad. Yep. Yeah. It is their home. It is the roof over their head and not having to go from mum's house this weekend to dad's Mm. house that next Mm. weekend. Um, Safety is very, very important for them. And so we just need to remind them that even though it's a little bit turbulent at the moment, we're a bit under stress, there might be a little bit more conflict. I just want to reassure you that we're safe. We're good. Mm. We're all going to keep living under this house. It just might look like a zoo for the next few months. (laughs) I think that um, another thing that's important to acknowledge, uh, and we spoke about this a little bit, uh, I think, last week, um, is that sometimes as parents we can actually jump too quickly to problem solving. Mm. Um, so when we talk about emotion coaching children, which is a Gottman um, a parenting uh, style uh, modality, um, 
95% of actually solving a problem with your or for your children and guiding through that is actually understanding. And we, we talked about that uh, last time. So there are five stages of emotion coaching. How do emotion coach your children? Um, and the first four stages are actually all about understanding. Mm. So the, the first stage is actually identifying their emotion. So being aware of their emotion. The second one is to actually... And seeing that as an opportunity to connect yep, and with recognising mm. yeah. that that is an opportunity, like Kerry said, to emotionally connect, connect with, with them. them yeah. The third um, uh, stage is to uh, validate and empathise with that emotion, so really connect with them on that level uh, and show them that it's okay to have that emotion and that you understand that they have mm. those emotions and just allow them to talk about the emotions. Yeah. You've got to coach them through that. But the rule of thumb there is that all emotions are acceptable, even mm. if, if they're positive or yeah. even if they're negative. Mm. All emotions for children, for everyone, are, are acceptable. It's sometimes how we express those emotions, of mm. course, and that can be a problem, but they're all acceptable. Uh, and the fourth um, uh, stage is for you to teach them vocabulary about and coach them through how yeah. to actually verbalise those emotions. So those first four stages are all about understanding. Mm. It's nothing about problem solving at all. Yeah. Right? So we can, as I said, as parents, we can make that uh, mistake of wanting to jump to that fifth stage, mm. which is actually problem solving and, and setting limits on behaviour, which means that setting boundaries on inappropriate behaviour. Yeah. But that's that, that one-fifth that right at the end is yeah. the um, problem solving. So we need to sit in the emotion with the, with our children yeah. rather than just trying to solve it. Yeah. yeah and away. I think a lot of this would be going on now and I've even yeah. seen it. We're in our third week just mm. for different circumstances of having the kids home and it's different. It's mm. weird. We're such a social family and we're not yeah. having people yeah. come in and out of our house yeah. and yeah. we're not doing all the things we would normally do and they keep and we pray at night about the virus and they're yeah. very aware and they say it's because of the virus, you know, <laughs> but really understanding <laughs> yeah. for us as adults, which we're all talking about, how do yeah. we get around living like this for yeah. six months, let alone mm. kids, their idea of time yeah. Mm. Yeah. is so weird, yeah. isn't yeah. it? You remember being a kid and yeah. you think what yeah. was a week felt like a year yeah. and things like that. So for them all of these changes and maybe not mm. being able to articulate so they'll act out. Absolutely. Or like I'm just mm. seeing they're fighting or not feeling yep. like doing their homework or 100%. being even yeah. extra tired. Mm. Um, and have you noticed like just emotion, mm. well, our house yeah. is just an emotion explosion from yeah. everybody <laughs> I like that. at the moment. But yeah. I love maybe you can just go into a little bit more of that emotion yeah. coaching mm. Yeah. Mm. and say they don't, where do you go if they can't identify it but you're picking mm. up? You're thinking, okay, I think that the the schoolwork's not the issue. Yep. Yeah. Or I'm thinking the toy wasn't the issue. Whatever, something yeah. has caused a big, yeah. like, lash out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, in something in your checks and you go, there's, there's, there's something, something deeper. going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk yeah. me through what that would yeah. look like a bit. Yeah. I think starting with the fact that, you know, like, your job as a parent is actually to identify with your children, what might be going on. So it's not identify for them, it's identify with them, mm -hmm. right? So it's their emotional experiences. And often parents, you, your instincts are right, you know? Mm -hmm. Like they are upset about the fact that they've been cooped up inside all day, every mm -hmm. day, and they can't get outside. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would know that that might be underlying it. But our job as parents is to guide our children towards that understanding within themselves. And this is how they develop a really healthy emotional awareness mm -hmm. and so it might be things like you know I can see that you're really upset about um, the toy talk to me like what's going on for you oh well you know 
Adam, for lack of a better name, uh, Adam took this toy off me and it's my toy and I want to play with that toy. And then you say, okay, how does it make you feel? And if they're sort of stumbling around going, mm, I don't know, it might be, I feel angry. Okay, yeah, I understand that. You would feel angry. If they don't know, you, you could say to them, mm -hmm. do you feel angry? Yeah. Um, and then they go, yes. And sometimes you might need to teach them what that emotion is. Mm. Um, and then you could say something like, do you feel angry because you can't play with your toys? Yes. Mm. Do you also feel a bit angry because we can't go outside and play? Absolutely. Yes. When can we go outside, Mum? <laughs> you know, and so you can coach them and guide them through understanding those emotions. Mm. Um, one of the things that we actually teach in emotion coaching as a strategy <coughs> for parents, and one thing that you can all do now that you're all at home, <laughs> got nothing else to do, um, is actually start to uh, develop like a, an, um, what do you call it? An emotion jar. So mm. where you get a jar and you cut, you write down all the emotions that we might feel in a day. So everyone in the family could have their own emotion jar. And then you help the kids write down the feelings of anger, sadness, happiness. And then they put all of those emotions in their jar each day. And then at the end of the week, we can all sit down and have a look at how many emotions mm. we've actually experienced. Mm. So that can be a really nice exercise to do, particularly with younger kids. But you'll also be surprised as an adult how limited your knowledge is of your own emotions. Mm. So do your own emotion jar. You'll be surprised how many emotions you actually go through. Mm. And if you get stuck, like a lot of people do, jump online and print out emotion words and you'll be surprised how much you'll learn about yourself and how much your kids will learn about their emotions. Mm. So guiding them through that is, is what the job of a parent is at this stage. Mm. And this is all the stuff we're talking about. You know, we were going to host a workshop in May. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, yeah, we can't obviously yeah. for limitations. But yeah. I think just even the taste and for Felix and I, was so excited to do it for ourselves yeah. because you want to do your be the best you by do. your kids and yeah. you want to see them win yeah. emotionally. And I think yeah. we understand potentially more than any other generation how important yeah. mm. having healthy emotions are as yeah. an adult. Yeah. It actually just helps you across the board yeah. in every way. Mm. Yeah. Um, is there any other hot tips? Do you have something you want to ask? Um, I don't know. Um, any questions? I've got. Oh, sorry. I was yeah, just going to say we were going to hit on how do we help kids with everything that's going on with the like with yeah. the, the global pandemic because I think that um, whilst we're all battling with our emotions as adults and dealing with increasing conflict and all of that sort of stuff, working from home, having to become teachers when we never chose that as a profession <laughs> to begin with. Um, I think that we can sometimes overlook what the kids might be going through. And mm. I think, Lou, before we started recording, you were talking about, yeah, like the kids are actually even going to get to a point where they miss school. And we mm. all had a bit of a chuckle mm. about that. And as a parent, when they come to you and they tell you that they miss school, you might be inclined to say, no, you don't miss school. You never wanted to go to school. Do you remember how hard it was for me to get you out of bed? <laughs> Do you remember coming home and complaining about your homework? Um, and we can actually really minimise what the kids might mm. be feeling. And that actually teaches them that we're not there for them. We're not there to listen to them. And so when they come to you with a feeling, you just need to sit down and go, tell me more about that. Mm. What's going on? And again, that makes sense for you. And I think we need to spend time as a family Talking about what's happening in the world at the moment, not becoming so hypervigilant that we become panicked and everybody 
you know, gets overwhelmed with stress and anxiety. But I think some roundtable family discussions about how are you feeling about not mm. going to school? You haven't seen your friends in a little while. Or our house has been quieter. We haven't had as many visits, visitors and things like mm. that. Or we can't go off to church every Sunday morning and play with our friends. What's How are you feeling? And be able to give your children that space mm. to talk about mm. their feelings um, and ask them if they are feeling worried. Don't be... Don't you be worried about their worry. That's one of the mm. biggest mistakes I see parents make yeah. is that they worry about their child's <clears throat> worry and they say that you shouldn't be worried. All that does is make their child more worried. And what I've found is my yeah. kids aren't actually worried yeah. unless I make them worried. <laughs> yes, yes. But they are feeling lots of other things yeah. about the changes. Mm. They don't. They're not yeah. watching what we're watching no, on the news no. and yeah. um, getting anxious the way we yeah. get anxious. Yeah. But I think we can put that on them, yeah. um, but I like, it's very easy what you're saying to shut down kids' feelings. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. just they go to bed, I feel scared. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, I'm and tired. then you just think, yeah, like and yeah. just explore or just understanding and asking yeah. questions. It's yeah. a really good reminder on yeah. every level of yeah. what they feel, yeah. but for each other as well, mm. I guess we yeah. can do it. Yeah. I think the thing, sorry, I think the thing that's um, really important here is that if you validate emotions, people actually learn how to regulate their emotions. It's, I can't stress that enough. We get so frightened in our society about emotions and we think that there are bad emotions Mm. and those bad emotions, we should get rid of them. Mm. We should only feel them for a short period of time and we should try and replace them with happy emotions as soon as is humanly practical. Mm. Mm. And what that actually teaches your child um, and what it does to you if you invalidate yourself or if you invalidate your partner is it actually doesn't enable us to learn how to sit with those emotions, process those emotions and manage the feelings Mm. that arise inside of us physically and the behaviours that come from those emotions. But when you validate a person's emotions, and you say, you know what, that, that makes sense, I understand mm. it, the person goes, oh, okay, I'm not crazy, that's good, mm. that's a good start. And then I can just sit with that feeling and I might mm. need a cuddle from mum or I might need mum or dad to lay down with me while I go off to sleep tonight or I might need a little bit of a night light on or something like that. But they learn that there are strategies that they can engage in with their parent that can actually make them feel safer. Mm. And that's what they're looking for. It's so important to do that. Yeah. I've just got two two tips that, Please, uh, yeah, that, that might help um, people in this. If they don't help period. you, they're going to help us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the first one is that with, with regards to, you know, we're all cooped up now in our, our, our homes and mm. self-isolating and whatnot. Uh, and the kids may not be able to go and do the things that they want to do right now. Mm. Go over my friend's place or, you know, go for, or you're allowed to go for a run. But, you know, things that they may not be able to do now and limited. So one of the uh, Gottman skills or tips are that if you can't actually grant something for your child, mm. grant in fantasy what you can't grant in reality. That's the, the skill. So, for example, mm. if they wanted to, I don't know, let's just say they wanted to go back to school let's say right okay uh and we know that that's actually not possible or as parents then that's not possible then grant that in fantasy so you would ask them sit down and ask them 
what would it be like to go to school? What do you think? Right? And have them have them mm. actually explain to you, uh, you know, what they would do at school. Oh, okay, so you'd be sitting next to, you know, uh, Johnny. Uh, so what would you be learning? What would um, uh, Mrs. Wilson be be teaching you, right, type mm. of thing? And and let them actually, uh, um, you know, fantasise about that mm. desire because what that will do, that will help them emotionally be satisfied, uh, that mm. emotional need of theirs coming back to the mm. emotional need. Um, but... That's what you would do if you can't actually grant it in yeah. reality. That's that's the first one I think that might be helpful for people. Uh, the second one is is in relation to conflict. So we come back to conflict mm. um, and the inevitable fact that you know when we're we're you know together for a longer period of time and problems do arise, mm. how do we actually protect the children from? From that conflict, so there's there's three or so um, um, rules of thumb, I guess, right? So the first one is that don't um, um, have conflict in front of your children that you know is going to really upset you, right? Yeah. So actually, don't have that type of conflict in front of the children if you know that's a trigger point for you. Mm. It might be a perpetual issue, you know, yeah. that, that never goes away, and we know those are quite heated, especially if they're gridlocked. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is that set aside a, a period of time mm. away from the children to have that conflict, yeah. right? So put it on hold and when the kids have gone to sleep potentially, then we actually have our, our private adult time. That's when mm. we will uh, um, engage in that conflict discussion. Yeah. And the third thing is that don't have conflict at the dinner table. Yeah. Because that's where that's where families congregate and that's supposed to be a really peaceful time where families can connect emotionally. Yeah. Uh, so don't have that. And that can actually lead on to um, uh, um, eating disorders and whatnot. And mm. Do you have anything to say about eating disorders yeah, and Yeah, I think that, that's an important thing that we do talk about in the Emotion Coaching Workshop mm. is that, you know, conflict, we know it's going to happen, mm. um, but we just need to be careful about where and when it happens. So mm. if the normal family dinner time is where we sit down and we start arguing with one another, children can begin to start to associate food with that mm. um, and they can begin to use food, uh, put their head down and just keep mm. eating and that food becomes a bit of a self-soothing type thing and that's yeah. how children can develop eating um, disorders as they get older as well. So we want to make sure that those family meal times are really... Um, just pleasurable and pleasant mm. and we can replace you know what might feel like conflict times with things like what was the best part of your day like those positive sharing moments mm. where we can actually talk about things that we've enjoyed doing mm. uh, rather than the things that we haven't enjoyed doing and that's yeah great mm. great tips on how to prevent kids one from being thing we exposed. stole from a friend so this mm. is not yeah. ours it's called sweet and sour yeah where you know you say a sweet thing and a sour thing from yeah. the day and everyone has to share yeah and we've that's model that sharing yeah, yeah well yeah um and then uh john gottman has an app about yeah. the questions that yeah. you ask mm -hmm. and our kids have mm -hmm. loved that and so you can Great. flip to the next yeah. question yeah and go around the table i yeah. guess something my heart would be at this season and yeah. for not every night of the week we yeah. probably two nights a week yeah. we'll have a good family dinner yeah. other nights we'll eat at different times yeah. you're working the kids may eat in front of the television, <laughs> judge away people. Um, but when we do sit, those things have yeah. just made dinner Huge. time sacred yeah. where yeah. the kids love it Absolutely. going around and sharing yeah. and it mm. becomes a real, it's my time to share yeah. and we all listen. Yeah. 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 yeah, and so for those of you that are listening at home, I think um, Lou mentioned the Gottman Card Deck app. 
um, and you can get that. It's a free app yeah. and um, you can download it, have it on your phone. It is fantastic. It's got so much in there about, um, you know, how to have open-ended conversations mm. and questions that you can ask um, and there's useful things in there for couples. There's useful things in there um, for conversations that you can have with your kids mm. um, and there's, yeah, it's a really great resource. So I would encourage people to, to jump on and grab that mm. app and make that a part of your dinner time conversation. Mm. I like that idea. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I guess, you know, in closing, this wonderful yeah. series is just that our hope, we have a, a united hope yeah. in that this mm. season that families will be stronger yeah. and healthier yeah. and bond better. Yeah. And we hope that if you're listening or yeah. watching that you are going to grow and yeah. that your family mm. will thrive at this time yeah. mm. and that you can be blessed to be a blessing and yeah. bless other people too. Absolutely. Yep. Thank yep. you so much, Kerry and Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. so Thank kind. You. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media and follow this playlist to stay tuned on what's coming up.